It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's time for Takes on Takes. You know the drill. You provide the takes. We offer the takes on your takes today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Joe, I have a take for us to start today's show with. Okay. Um, we were dumb to pick the Packers to win the game oh, last you don't, night. You don't have to do that. Uh, the takes the takes have submitted have already provided that. So Okay. Well, yeah. well, why don't we just skip all those then? Well, we're building this show and trying to lure in viewers with talking about the Detroit Lions. We're, I get it. We're smart or we're dumb. You're smart. You're all handsome. We're ugly. Okay. We're, we were dumb to pick the Packers to win the game last night. This is an open acknowledgement of it so that we so, don't have to beat the dead horse. So John packages it much more kindly than you did. Oh, okay. John says draft dad's power will grow to new levels, allowing you to renew the Our Lions movement. I mean, we we both like Detroit. Right, but we, our passion may have declined slightly from last year. Yes, because the expectations were raised. Yeah. Now, I think they're getting some key contributions from players that we had question marks with, and I think that's why I'm excited to re-update evaluations after week four to be able to look at Detroit through a refocused lens and potentially reignite the Our Lions movement to the degree in which it, it needs to be. Jared Goff threw that interception on the first drive, and then that was like the last bad thing that happened to the Lions the rest of the game. The entire game, yeah. Green, other, Green Bay. Other, than, other than time running out at the end of the quarter and they, the Packers yeah. being allowed to run a play. They overcame yeah. that. Like in the past, that would sink the Lions. And that was garbage, by the way. You can't miss that. Yeah. You cannot miss that. And I thought the game was going to get close, and then it, it didn't. Lions said nah. And and I think courtesy of, uh, was it Quay Walker jumping over the the snapper on the field goal? Come on, bro. Like, you can't do that. And that obviously put them in the situation where they scored the touchdown and really buried them. But that drive was pretty significant. Like, I they got the ball back. It was like 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. I'm like, all right, can Green Bay score twice? Can they stop Detroit? And then Detroit kept on getting first downs. And so right. – that's a sign of a good team when you can kind of get into that 
late late game situation where you really bleed clock and preserve a lead and you know put the exclamation point on it. Detroit did that last night. There's very few teams that I would trust more in those situations than Detroit with how their offense is constructed. Good segue into the next take here from Dolphins Craze, who says Jameer Gibbs is going to be just fine and will break out next week. It took Alvin Kamara until his fifth game to really break out in 2017. Gibbs will do the same. And then with a great hashtag here, Gibbs fantasy owner, hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team. Very good. Um, it's probably a little bit of cope in here. I love Dolphins Grace, but there's a whole slew of fantasy football players across America who are just steaming mad this morning. David Montgomery right. got carted off two weeks ago and then had 32 carries <laughs> in last night's game. But I think the fantasy football dynamic is really – led to bad conversations about David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, and this Lions offense. And I really, I don't, I honestly don't appreciate it because there's this, there's this loud group of people that are literally just fantasy owners that are annoyed that David Montgomery is getting carries over Jameer Gibbs. And the construction of what they want to be as a football team, like lends itself to needing that complimentary player to Jameer Gibbs. Jameer, you can you can get into the whole thing about him being a first round pick and process and all that type of stuff, but I got a feeling he's just going to be fine here. And they certainly build him up to be this like revolutionary piece of their offense, and maybe they deserve some criticism for that based on the way things have gone through four weeks. But like, let's not act like this is a, a complete lost cause situation. There's a there's a plan for these two players, and I think yes. they both need each other well, to maximize what they want out of this backfield. And like it or not, you don't make investments in the first round based off of one year. the the first quarter of the first year right it's it's a good embodiment of like microwave expectations in general and i think between david montgomery being what he was the detroit run game the expectations they build for jameer gibbs uh the july narrative with jameer gibbs was wrong and as a result it has totally commandeered every bit of the conversation around Jameer Gibbs. So I do, although I do think it is fair to question, you know, with your competitive window, using a pick on a player that showcases really good promise, but is not getting the workload that you would maybe expect in hindsight is that good running back investment and positional like those, you could just talk yourself in a circle 15 times over having sure. that conversation. So like, I think it's fair to, to raise those questions, but is that the question that's being asked or is the question just not, Hey, you told me Jameer Gibbs is going to be really good. So I drafted my fantasy team and now he's not touching the ball anywhere near the degree that he's supposed to right now through four, through four games with his modest workload is still on pace for a thousand yards from scrimmage. So good. And and you'd like to think it's going to continue to go up. Right. 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 Uh, Ja says, and, and I, well, I'll just say the take. Ja says the first to 24 wins the Bills and Dolphins game. Higher. You think so? Higher. The more I've thought about this game this week, the less I think the points are going to be there to the degree that some might think. All right. So 20, 27. I think it's no, I think it's something like that. Yeah. I think it might be 27 to 24 type game. I don't, I'm not sure both teams. So then the first to 27 wins the game. Well, I think the the spirit of what he's trying to say here is that maybe there's going to be less points than some are expecting. All I and heard it, was the spirit of the take is that the first team to 24 is going to win the game. And and that's probably the first team to 27 as well. 
but it's not always the first team to 27. Not always, but I think I think the expectation I think there's a little bit of a miss expectation here based on two dynamics. One being the Dolphins coming off of a 70 point scoring outburst against Denver, and the other okay. being that Josh Allen scores a lot of points against Miami. Well, this isn't the same Miami defense. I it's it's structurally completely different thank, under Vic Fangio. Thank goodness for that. So a, a really different way that they're going to play defense against Josh. Aren't you just devastated that you're not going to get cover one five man pressures on every third down and seven in well, that, the, across the course that of the will, season? That isn't that devastating? Helpful. Isn't that devastating for you to know that like oh they're not just going to man us up and bring an extra body that Josh can shrug off the tackler and then beat man coverage. Yeah, that'll help Josh Allen. But the, the and Denver's not going to score seventy on the Bills, or, just, or excuse me, da- Miami's not going to score seventy on right. the Bills. So, like those two things, when you really think about it, I if you're expecting both teams to like push for forty points, I don't think it's going to happen. Division game, right? Like, what did we, what did we say it was thirty five, thirty one, something? Like yeah, that. but I've come off that. I've moved off of that. I think it's going to be both teams. Hey, in, in how much? Um, how much better or worse did Cody Alexander make you feel when you had him on lockdown bills? Yes, better, better. Yeah, I think he he outlined uh, the ingredients that he felt were necessary to have some success, and I felt like now that they have the ingredients that he was talking about. Do you go out mm-hmm. and do it? That's another story, right? But right. I think Naquan Jones is a really big name for this game. Daquan Jones and Taron Johnson are probably two of the most important players for the Bills defense. Da- Daquan Jones was flashed in all three games that I watched of the Bills defense, uh, even more so than Ed. I know you said Ed's been off to a nice start, but like I've known what Ed is. Um, I think Jones has a little bit of a power element that could challenge whether he gets Rob Hunt or Isaiah Wynn. I think that's a big name. You think both teams are in the 30s? For entertainment purposes, I'll say yeah. I'll say both teams are not in the 30s. All right. If you need fresh groceries for the week, but you don't have time to go to the grocery store, try out grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. Get exactly what you ordered, or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them out for yourself. Got a deal here. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKDOWNNFL at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20. No minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees in your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKDOWNNFL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKDOWNNFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, take master. Jed, the Chicago Bears should should blow the current situation up at the end of the season. Fields, Eberflus, and Poles, they will have the number one pick again. And if they want Caleb Williams, they should should draft him and hire Ben Johnson as their head coach. P.S. This is coming from a Packers fan, and I hope they don't do this. Sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't. 
I think continuity at this point is continuity just for the sake of continuity. They've gotten they've gotten worse as they've invested more. Yeah. It's kind of tough. I'd be in on this okay. plan. I'd be on this plan. What's interesting, Brian Perez put out a poll the other day. Um, uh, but Brian covers the Bears, has his own Bears website. Check him out. He put out a poll that was if the bill if the Bears had the number one pick, would you want them to draft oh, no. Marvin Harrison to go with Justin Fields or draft Caleb Williams or other? Those are the three options. There was like 36% of people that wanted Harrison to go with Fields, which I think is nuts. I was like, really? This even many if, people? Even if you feel confident in your ability to pull Justin Fields out of the tailspin that he's in right now as a passer. The chance to get Caleb Williams, you do Caleb, it. To get Caleb Williams, yeah. Yeah, you do it. And and how many how many quarterbacks of the magnitude of investment that was made in just Justin Fields, so call it top 15, top 20 quarterbacks, that have entered into the severity of a tailspin to the degree of which Justin Fields is currently in after three years, get out of it and right the ship. How long is that list of names? Uh, like you, you would be banking on such a severe statistical outlier for correcting course. Yeah. It's about probabilities, right? So much of football is about probabilities. What gives and you the best start, chance? If you're going to wipe the slate clean and get a new coach and get a new GM, wipe the slate clean. Yeah. For sure. You, ha- For sure. you have, in, in my mind, he and Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow are the three highest graded quarterbacks since I've been doing this. And like, he's in that stratosphere as a player. Sounds interesting to me. You got to take him. This next one from Enzo is something I've never considered. Oh, that's okay. And I don't know if I like it or not, but he says no division games in the NFL should be played until week five. No. I think it should be your first three and your last three. Really? I know that's wow. Okay. Your first three and your last three. I kind of like it because there's so much of like a, when you get them advantage. Right. That way everybody's you're, you're getting them all early and then the rest of the season happens. And if you want potential for drama and high stakes games, closing with divisional games for three weeks, you know it's going to turn some of those standings on yeah. their on their side. I like your proposal better than no division game should be played until week five because then it feels like, I mean, six of your last 11 games are division games. Right. I like what you said. I like the first three and the last three. I think it's a good measuring stick early, how you evolve as a football team. You get to see your opponents against other common opponents throughout the course of that season. I'm a fan. I like what you said there. Thank you. Let's let's add that. Let's add two bye weeks. Let's have all the second slate of games on Sunday start at 425. Let's balance out the one balance out the one and four o'clock uh splits. You know what I mean? You can only play on Thursday night football if you're coming off the bye. There are so many obvious things that can make this better. I like all of it. Uh Greg, this is one from last week. 
that I wanted to get to. We ran out of time, and so I wanted to make sure we got it this week. Okay. Greg says, advanced analytics, EPA, WAR, DVOA, PFF grades are meaningless. Nobody outside of Twitter uses them. Contracts and Hall of Fame bids are built off of actual stats. Sacks, not pass rush win rate. I want to jump in here initially here. I know for a fact, because I've seen a 20-page disposition from a very prominent NFL agent stating why their client should get a certain contract, and the entire thing was littered with PFF data, EPA, WAR, and DVOA. So, yes, it is absolutely, whether you want to admit it or not, influential in contract negotiations. Now, have we gotten to the point where Hall of Fame resumes are argued based on PFF or analytics? No, because guess what? Those players haven't retired and eligible for the Hall of Fame yet. I think that there is something to be said for the correct way to interpret this data, but acting like it's not relevant and useful and part of what is fueling the NFL and the decisions that they make is totally wrong. There's the poop hat. <laughs> I was hoping it'd break you when I turned my camera back on and had it on. Um, this is a respectful disagree, even though the poop hat made appearance. But the poop hat's making an appearance. Imagine not watching on YouTube. Because I heard Bill Belichick talk about the value of pressures relative and we clown bill belichick on the show all the time for like build the gm and by the way the patriots second team ever to get get a pff subscription after the giants were the first and they beat their ass in the super bowl mm. can you say that on this program i don't know if i can but i did okay bill very directly said pressures better indicator of sustainable success than sacks because we've seen some guys get 13 sacks and can't otherwise impact plays. So now all all of this is there's a value in finishing plays and having sacks, just like there's mm-hmm. a value in being around the quarterback more consistently and influencing plays, even if you're not finishing the negative play. Um, I don't think the market would be to the degree that it is within the league for this data if it was meaningless. Now, you can debate the value of war individually, and I agree that's particularly difficult to calculate for football. But the advanced data, win rate, EPA, it's it's effectively looking at above replacement level for a player. Um, And I also know joe of a contract negotiation was happening with a team and a player in which there was uh, stipulated money involved that the team and the player could not come to an agreement on because they could not agree upon what advanced data metrics they wanted to use to quantify performance didn't we literally just have a text exchange this week about a clip from Brent Venables talking about EPA on first down. Yes, we did. Well, I, like- I, I fell in love with that clip because it's it's especially relevant. 
what what made me fall in love with the clip was the previous week when I was previewing the Dolphins game. Uh, I talked about getting out of the cliches of what you do on first or what you do on third down and winning the turnover battle. And if you really wanted to set up for success on offense and defense, win on first down. Winning on first down, staying ahead of schedule with your offense is the first-class ticket. And and Venables himself said in the clip, there's no greater predictor of winning a football game than your EPA and success rate on first and ten. I have some good news for you. Okay. The Bills are like the worst first-down offense in the NFL. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Do they throw drop back to throw a lot? Take a they, lot of they, this is what play? they do, Kyle. They throw incomplete passes and runs for zero yards on first down. Well, big big thing, man. Here it is. I got. It. I actually literally have it right here. Uh, passing and rushing efficiency on first down EPA per play. The Bills are uh, dead last in uh, both <laughs> first down. Literally the worst. So it's second, second, and it's been second and third and long all, all year long. So maybe they can uh, have better fortunes on Sunday. But one of my biggest complaints about the Bills offense is bad first down production. So I will reserve all comments until after the game. I'll send you the graph. I'll send I, don't you the graph. To, I don't want to jinx it, but that's it's promising data. I told you it was good data for you. It's it's only good unless it happens on Sunday. Right. There is no transitive property in football. Yep. That's right. None, none whatsoever. Hey, maybe you want to go to a football game. You should do that, and you should get your tickets through game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets for your next big event, and that's uh, something that often happens. But game time is here for you. It is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets. All-in prices. Love that. They give you views from your seat and their best price guarantee. So game work, or excuse me, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. The app is awesome. Super easy to navigate. They have flash deals. They've got deals right up to the day of the event. So you don't have to spend months planning it out. You can literally make a game day decision to attend. So check it out. The uh, The tickets are also delivered right to your phone. You don't have to dig through emails to get them. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use our code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem our code locked on NFL. That'll get you $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm hoping we won't need to see the poop hat again today. No. Well, here's interesting. I know we're not going to be able to get to everything, so now I have to be choosy on like what the really good stuff is left. Um, let's go here. Uh, from Bmore. Uh, Atlanta not pursuing Lamar Jackson when they had the cap flexibility to make a deal with the Ravens uh, and stick with Desmond Ritter should be grounds for firing Terry Fontenot when they realize Desmond isn't the guy. That's the kind of opportunity you only get once as a GM. 
What's the most important job of a GM? I think it's finding a quarterback. I would agree with that. But is the cost it would have taken to get Lamar plus the contract you would have required to pay Lamar? I think I can summarize like this. I think that the Falcons have made a miscalculation with their quarterback decision, but I'm not sure that the answer was Lamar Jackson. I think that's a fair way to put it. Now, I do think Lamar would have been a good fit yes. within the system. But I don't know, it's always it's always hard case in point. Look at Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, right? Yikes. Like taking players and injecting them into new systems. And obviously the Deshaun Watson situation is a lot messier and uglier than just a quarterback that got traded and didn't play well because he was in a new system. But I don't there those examples exist. And that's always what you're when you're in that stratosphere of investment cost. It gets a little scary because you it's not a one for one and you don't know. Joseph says Daniel Jones' recent contract signing will go down as one of the worst quarterbacks in recent quarterback signings in recent history. He's a subpar quarterback on a team that isn't close to competing. Jones is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league at navigating the pocket, which is imperative when your team you're a team with a bad offensive line like he has. The Giants would have been better off letting him walk and having Shane go get his guy in this year's stacked quarterback class. In this year's class that just came and went, or next year's class? That's I'm not sure in. what he means there. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know what he means. He said this. That's how he. That's how it's written. Last year they weren't really in position to draft the quarterback, right? And the quarterbacks went early, right? Unless you're well, like in Will Levis or something like that. They can trade Daniel Jones next offseason, incur a $33 million dead cap hit, and save about $14 million against the cap. Or they trade him to Atlanta. I guarantee, I guarantee you Daniel Jones, for all of the questions that are going to continue to exist, will be a better quarterback option than probably seven or eight teams of what they currently have on their roster next offseason. If Arthur Smith's their quarterback or their coach, I th actually think that's not a bad spot for him. Oh, the guy with the Daniel yeah. Jones com or the, the guy with the Ryan Tannehill comp should go play for Arthur Smith. Yeah, I think it would kind of work out. Yeah. But I think what I what I like about what Joseph is getting at is I think that the Giants may have overreacted to their to their season last year. And well, we knew that though. Yeah. Well, and let's let it play out. I mean, no nobody's right or wrong yet. Um, but I, I, there was an overreaction. I think that they pivoted. I think they had a vision for what they wanted to do, and they pivoted because of some unexpected success. Okay, hold and on. I, I think there's going to be some consequences for that. Where are the Giants at in cap space? You know what? You know what really stings is how I think they structured the contract is probably more regrettable than anything else that they did. What's Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones got a four-year, $160 million uh, yeah, it's contract. That's 40 mil. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, the best quarterbacks are getting 55. What's his contract this year? What's his cap hit this year? I don't know. I'm guessing you do, though. Yeah. What do you think it is? 25. 15. So you, you gave him vet minimum salary this year. And took the $36 million signing bonus and spread that out across the four years. If you were just if you were just focused on the guaranteed money, you got $81 million guaranteed. Could we have done a smaller signing bonus and guaranteed a larger year one salary? 
to take a bigger salary cap hit in year one if there were still questions that existed instead of backloading the hell out of this thing? That that answer to that is yes, if you let Saquon Barkley go. Right. And they, they didn't. So Right. So that's, thing, yeah. that's what stings was we said we're going to retain the nucleus of what we had last year and really have limited resources to improve the rest of the roster. Doug says Joe's least favorite franchise in the NFL is the Tennessee Titans outside of the AFC East. Uh, outside of the AFC East, yes. You think right. Kyle's over here nodding his head? Yeah, that's true for sure. Yeah. <laughs> a million is it, it, probably, it probably is. But I don't know, like, w- the reasons why maybe aren't what people think they are. I mean, there's obviously weird history between the Bills and the Titans, but, like, I think I've just not appreciated the way that they've built their team more than anything. Like, even when they were – you know, in contention to be the number one team in the AFC. I think that, and I was so critical of John Robinson and I just felt like a, a masterclass in doing all the wrong things to try to put your team over the hump when you had a very unique style of play. Um, and then I feel like maybe some of what the, the way people perceive them versus reality and that disconnect always bothered me. I think that if, if people are wondering why it's that, that's what it is. You getting tired people of people telling you you're wrong with something that Yes. Yes. You that. Wrong about. <laughs> it's that it's not. And, and, and you've, you've, you had the worst unit. Yeah. The worst uniforms in the NFL. You do. They do have the worst uniforms in the NFL. Yeah. So I, that's, I will concur on that. It's a problem for me, uh, but I can't wait for, to go to your new stadium. It looks awesome. I mean, but get new uniforms to come out with the stadium. Please. God, please. Uh, Phillips says Najee Harris will fall below the Peyton Barber line this year. You oh, got to, when you lean into good, our bits, I love it. He's on good pace. What is it right now? Because I know if I looked at my computer. I'm averaging over four yards a carry. Um, Najee Harris through three games is is averaging 4.0 yards per carry. <laughs> What's he per touch? Because that oh no, his per touch is even worse because he's yeah. caught two pass. He's caught three passes for two yards. So okay. 38 touches through three games. 3.7 yards per touch. Oh brother. Uh, I have, Teddy, missed, I have Teddy take of the both. week. That is the Teddy take of the week. Yes. Teddy take of the week. You come now, in with the with two great things there. Hold on. We have to do the math. Draft dudes do math, so this is dangerous. So 13 touches per game, right? We'll round up. Instead of doing 12 points, we'll say 13 touches per game. Jalen Warren's going to take a bunch of those snaps. Uh, times 17 games is 221. Isn't the Peyton Barber line require 250 touches? Yeah, it's good because, well, does it anymore? Because that was a 16-game season, right? Isn't it different? I just think it's 250 minus, divided by 1,000. Yeah, it's, two, it's okay. It's 250 so, with under four so yards per touch. His, That's, his usage needs to go up. He might not get the volume. I'm he might not get that. the volume to qualify for the Peyton Barber line. It's a very special category. Very, very You have to have a lot of opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he is averaging a career high 4.0 yards per rush this year. So that's off to a great start. You want, you more? want one more? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I have two left. I feel bad about the one I'm not going to get to. Oh man. Bummer. Uh, I'll let you, Sam or will Sam or will. Those are the two that are left. Sam, is it Sam Teets? Sam Teets. We hear from Sam Teets every week. Get him out of here. I will. Will. I want will. will says the commanders continue to flop and end up with a top two pick to draft Caleb Williams and bring him home. Rivera is one of two coaches to be fired before the season ends. Top two. I just can't get on board with Washington having two wins at this stage being a top two pick. 
Should we do the thing? We'll close on that. We could do that. I mean, I think we're going to get more. We're going to get them to probably four, five, six wins. I don't right. think that's, gonna... that's what I mean. They still have to play the Bears, and they play the Bears at home. They get the, they get Giants. the Giants. They get the Giants twice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they're not as bad as yeah. they were against the against the Bills. Okay, they they never not... never is. Now yeah. they, they they had a horrible game plan for that game. I'll say that. I would agree. Um. Yeah, I, I think they're going to get too many wins to win in the top two. Well, maybe Arizona's going to get too many wins. Problem is Chicago and, and they're they're just Denver. Not. Denver. Someone's winning that game. Someone's hey, don't you know that the, the the Panthers and the Vikings play this week, and then I think it's Panth is it Panthers and Bears the next week? I think so. so these these teams are getting that wins. The Thursday, isn't that the Thursday, yes. Thursday game? Yes, it's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> So they, there's so they the there's night football said, Oh, you've been enjoying the good football. Hold my beer. <laughs> this is back down to earth. Now that it's back on Amazon video. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on this episode of the show. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We appreciate you guys for checking out locked on NFL scouting with draft dudes takes on takes every Friday. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You enjoy the weekend ahead. Enjoy the football. We will be back on Monday to talk about what happened. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.